This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast after the Jamie Castle did such a fine job last week. It is me, Benny Mully, back in the hosting seat. Here's with me today, Jamie. First of all, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Bill. It's nice to have you back and have my voice to have a rest for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's that time of year where it's cold It's cold and dark by half past four. So yeah, a bit, a bit miserable. Yep, I do get that. And um, yeah, it's that time of year as well where uh, COVID hit me last week. So that's where I was, um, I guess, fully recovered. Still hearing it in my voice a little bit, but um, hopefully that doesn't put people off this latest episode. Also today, we have Andy Burgess with us, the former Luton Town midfielder, who is also going to be doing some more work with Oak Road Hatter. We're delighted to have him on board. Andy, how are you getting on? Yeah, all good, thank you. Pleased to be here. Looking forward to, to discussing all things Luton and, uh, yeah, excited about uh, things that we've got planned uh, coming up in the future. But, uh, yeah, pleased to be here and uh, thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. And, and as mentioned there, we're preparing a second weekly show, which Andy will be at the forefront of, where he'll take his, his video analytics from Twitter and, and put them onto a podcast. And, and part of our plans is to visualise the podcast as well. So that is all to look forward to. We'll, we'll go through today, Wigan in the FA Cup. Of course, it was a one-all draw and we have a replay before playing them in the league um, all within the same week, which uh, should be fun. Good few miles for the lads there. We'll also look at the transfer window. Not too much has happened as expected. Uh, not many rumours flying around and, and that is to be expected. Um, after after Rob Edwards' comments, I guess, from the last few weeks. We'll also preview West Brom 
West Brom have been flying at the moment, but Luton will be hoping that they can uh, stop Carlos Corbran's baggies. It's um, always a, a spectacle, I guess. We'll start here with Wigan in the FA Cup and uh, get, uh, looking initially at the starting lineup. Jamie, I'll come to you first. It was a, a strong looking starting lineup. Um, obviously, likes of Colton Morris starting. We also had a very, very strong defence. Louis Watson also starting again, and it's been good to see him. What did you make of the starting lineup? Was it what you expected? I think it was one of the few lineups this season, or since, or certainly since sort of August, that you couldn't really predict it. I think it could have been 10 changes. It could have been no changes. I think he sort of went somewhere in the middle. It was good to sort of see Burke get more minutes. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it, it was mainly probably um, medical driven in terms of the players that that needed minutes and then tried to shed a load between Carlton and, and Elijah, um, if you've got that change at, at half time. So, yeah, I mean, give or take is about right. And it, it was exactly the sort of game that I thought it would be and, and exactly why the attendance wasn't exactly... Nine and a half, ten thousand. Um, yeah, so overall, pretty spot on in terms of the game. And Andy Louis Watson um, has been given a fair few minutes recently. Um, seen with your your latest um, video, uh, you mentioned how brave he was in possession, positive first touch for for the goal. Um, is he somebody you're excited to see in that that starting lineup? Is he somebody that that could play? you know, an even bigger role during this second part of the season? I think so. I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was brave. I thought he was uh, really, really positive in possession. Um, he wanted the ball um, in tight areas, wasn't scared to, to receive it, you know, when he was, when he was, uh, when he was marked and whether it was playing for, you know, off the first, first time pass or, or getting his head up and looking forward. I think the goal showed, you know, he landed on a second ball and then, you know, it's a little thing, but that first touch, meant that it gave it sort of told a story that I'm going forward with this and that then allowed um Amari Bell to then get on his bike and go and drive forward. It allowed that movement from um from Colton Morris into the channel. I just thought he was really positive. I thought he was really bright. Um I think I do I do I think I think we're perhaps missing a little bit of a ball playing holding midfield. I think Jordan Clark has been has been outstanding. He's been one of our better players really being transformed from a right winger if you like on a you know, uh, he's come in and he's and he's and he's gone into central field. But I do like him perhaps a little bit further forward. So I think, for, I think I think there's an opportunity for um, uh, for Louis Watson to come into the team, and I think he's done himself no harm in in keeping the shirt. And um, I just like players who are positive with their play, who are brave in their play. Um, and and somebody who said, look, you know, you've given me an opportunity, I'm going to try and take it with two hands, and he's. You know, he's a young lad who's um, who's seeing this as an opportunity to kick on, and uh, a bit like you know Alfie Doherty who's come to the team recently as well. Um, it's great to see these you know younger players being given opportunity and taking them as well because we know it's a, you know a competitive squad. Um, but as I say, once you get an opportunity, it's up to you to take it and keep the shirt. So yeah, I was I was really pleased with his performance, and I think he did himself absolutely no harm in terms of staying in the team. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, in, term, in terms of as a player, I really like him. Um, I think everything Andy said is, is spot on. And it was when we signed him in the summer, I wasn't exactly sure what sort of midfielder he was. I sort of it sort of seemed like he was a, another Elliot Fort that we brought brought in a bit early and, and to sort of bring in and, and develop. Um, 
and he, obviously he's performing at the perfect time and in a in a time of the season where the window's open and potentially an area that we might have looked to strengthen in January, but he might delay that that plan to, to strengthen. I'm sure we'll go into the window a bit a bit later, and I think that comparison with Jordan Clark is is is, is, is accurate as well. I think we, we previously we've lacked a lot of technical midfielders, but now we've got one who is, is better in in more advanced areas like Jordan Clark. And now we've got someone that can do that a, a bit deeper. And uh, he, he certainly can help the, the, the centre-halves. And previously under Nathan, we, we, we definitely went sort of direct more. And that, that, that area wasn't needed as much now. Uh, it wasn't wasn't needed as much as it is now. Whereas now we're, we're sort of going to feet more in that sort of that deeper area. He's exactly that sort of midfield that, that we need for the system. And we mentioned there um, for the goal, Louis Watson takes out that very good first touch, very positive first touch, sets Colton Morris away. You know, as soon as Colton Morris is on the left wing, as soon as he does a step over, you know what's happening. And he, he plays a beautiful cross over to Harry Cornick, who gets his first goal of the season. Um, there's a lot of speculation about Harry Cornick, about what his future may look like, but I guess from from what we've seen of Harry Cornick and Colton Morris together, we, we've seen them during the first half of that Wigan game. We've, we've seen them together against Coventry, where they both played well. Um, what do you make of the partnership, Andy? Do you think that that you know there's potential for for Cornick to remain at, at Kenilworth Road and, and play an integral role next to um, next to Colton Morris? I think so. I mean, I think Colton Morris is a is probably more. He's an all-round striker. I think he he can run in behind. He can hold things up. He can bring players in. But I think I I believe his strength is getting hold of the ball and probably back to goal and then being that real goal scorer. And I think having somebody like uh, Harry doing his running allows him to do other work. Um, you know, I do. I I I try and keep hold of Harry Cornock to hundred percent. I know he hasn't. You know, that's his first goal of the season. It was. It's. You know, he he had. Obviously, the first season in the championship, he he's I think he scored last game of the season. Did it was only got you know a couple of goals, and then obviously he had a really good season last year. So we know he can score at the level. Um, obviously, he's got two centre forwards in front of him, plus Cameron Jerome, who's in and around and, and tends to be coming off the bench. With I, I I think there's a, I I certainly think there's a place in the squad for Harry Cornock, and I think it's horses for courses in the championship. I think certain games called for certain players, and I and I definitely think there's a there's a play. Or there's a need for a type of Harry Cornick who is going to run in behind and he's going to be legs and stretch teams and allow the space for, for for the work to be done by the likes of of, of uh, Carlton Morris and, uh, and Elijah Adebayo. Um and I and I think he's again whilst Elijah and and, and Carlton are probably more rounded and more uh, you know a centre forward who can do both. I think Harry at times you need somebody who is going to have that raw pace. So. Um, yeah, for me, I, I'd, I'd keep him around. I believe, you know, I think, uh, you know, the manager came out in the press and said he's, you know, he's a good character, he's an energizer, he's somebody who's smiling every day. So you need that around the squad. He's somebody who's been with the with the group for a long time. So you need that continuity. Certainly, I, I'd, I'd certainly try and keep hold of him through January up until the end of the season, and then you know it's a, it's a case of sitting down and seeing what's right for for his career, where we are as a squad. Um, and saying, look, you know, is it something? It, it, you know what? Without knowing Harry Corner personally, you know, he, he might be he might be more than happy of playing the role of what he's playing, of 
you know, starting games here and there, coming off the bench. Some players are, you know, he, he might be really comfortable at the football club. He might he might love the opportunity to be playing in the championship. Um, he might be somebody who says, no, I want to be playing every week. You know, I want to be starting every week. Therefore, he might have to take a step back and go to the League One. Um, or there might be, a, you know, a championship club who, who take a punt on him. But I, I just think, I think he's somebody who we need to try and keep around, try and keep in the squad. And if we can do that, um, certainly, you know, I, I think until the end of the season, it's something we should try and explore and try and do. Um, because, you know, Elijah, we know, picks up injuries. You know, um, Cameron Jerome's 35, 36. Um, so for me, it's a no-brainer. If we can keep hold of him, happy days. Um, but if he's somebody who might knock on the door to Rob Edwards and say, look, I want to be playing every week, that might be a different conversation. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. All I say is, from my point of view, if we can keep hold of him, then great. Because it is a very interesting situation with, with Luton and their front line, because you, you consider the five forwards that we do have um, without trying to be too big head and say it's, it's the best in the division. It's probably the most well-rounded in the division. You've got Harry Cornick who offers that that off-the-shoulder pace. You've got Cameron Jerome with, with the bags of experience. He has Colton Morris really entering his prime at the moment and, and arguably one of the best strikers in the division. Adebayo, whose hold-up play is something that, that championship defences can't really handle at times. Um, and then Corley Woodrow, who again offers something completely different and having five options like that, um, I guess the, the negative of all that is that some do have to miss out. But the positive is that that you can meet the demands of most situations. And I think that's, as, as you say, Andy, something very, very good to have within the squad. Yeah, I mean, the Corley Woodrow one, it's an interesting one because it's it's probably frustrating a little bit for him because I think he probably wants to be a centre-forward, but because we play with that free midfield, it does give us the opportunity to play him in that a little bit deeper. But you then perhaps have to flip the midfield a little bit sometimes. I mean, I know he played as an eight when he started the other day, or, or a ten, if you like, and we played with two tens and a sitter. It's a di I think, but I think he showed, you know, in the uh, in the Norwich game, when he scored, you know, the uh, the winner, was it the Norwich game that he scored the winner? Yeah, um, you know, he's a finisher, he can score goals, he knows where the goal is. So, um, again, you know, I haven't even mentioned it when I was speaking about strikers there, probably because, you know, we have got such, you know, most other clubs in the in the championship, a lot of other clubs in the championship would look at Corley Woodrow and say, do you know what, he's going to be one of our main strikers. But, you know, for us, we're talking about we've got four others as well as him who, who can knock on the door and say, do you know what, I deserve a start. So, as you say, I think a lot of a lot of other other clubs at, at championship level would be, you know, jealous and envious of our forward line. And you know, whilst we've got it, I think we need to enjoy it. And and it's a really good problem for Rob Edwards to help. That that forward line point you raised, Billy, was is a good one because it 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 sort of evidences what Nathan always used to say about signings is that they'd be better or different. And you've got Carlton Morris that was. It was better, but Harry Cornick's that different type. You got Cordy Woodrow's that different type, and I think we, we we've sort of put our transfer plan in into action over the course of the last sort of three, four, five windows, and and it is now coming to fruition in terms of the squad that we have. So we've got five forwards, all all of all of whom are are different. I'd say probably Morris and Jerome are similar, but obviously Morris is ten years his junior. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the options that Edwards has, he, he's probably up there with, with the best in the league, for sure. 
Definitely. Well, I guess one um, issue that we found this year is is that we've struggled to break teams down. That that I think it might be a little bit harsh to say Wigan came and part the bus, but they they definitely deployed somewhat of a low block and and they were happy to let us have possession. Those are the kind of games we struggled in, particularly at home. So how do we how do we address that? Is that something that that we can use this transfer window to to address, or is it something that happens? internally um is it something that you know rob edwards has to unlock from from his current squad i, th- I think it's tough because like i said at the start like it was exactly the sort of game that i thought it was going to be it was a bit a bit sort of dull and a bit sort of it just had that that vibe to it that it, it was always going to be a, a tough watch for, for us as fans and i think yeah if you look at our form this season, what is it, three, three wins in the league at home, which obviously is nowhere near good enough if we have aspirations of being in the playoffs. But I think on on another day, the, the Wigan goal, we can defend loads better. I thought before it was awful defensively and it, it, it's, it's frustrating because I think it, it does show an element of weakness there. Like Gabe Osho, for example, like starting the season, I had big hopes for him. He's just becoming a little bit frustrating in terms of those those lapses of concentration because he's, he's been sent off twice in in a month and that that goal was obviously he, he, as Andy pointed out in his videos he just needs to react better like he's he just let a forward or was it a forward or centre half just just literally run off him um so so that goal's frustrating but on on a different day it's a clean sheet and we win that one nil or, or or potentially we score a second or third because I thought the second half we were a lot better so I think it's one of those where you can't you can't overanalyze too much. I think that that there were various moments in the game, but if if we play that again, we probably win it. I think personally. Yeah, it was weird. It's weird to see us this, especially this season, and and probably you put last season into it. Um, dominate possession like we did. I think it was what over seventy percent possession. It was, and and I guess it was. Um, what we what we did to teams last year when we went away and, and didn't see too much possession, but we we, um, we counter attacked with, with pace, we counter attacked with purpose, and, and defended resolutely, which I wasn't really expecting from a Wigan side who conceded four goals in in each of the last three games. But fair play to them; they they came with a game plan, and and they again for the second time this season have played out a, at least good defensive performance, and I think. A lot of respect has to go to them for that. But going on to, um, I was going to say the next rounds, but that's a bit premature of me because we need to get past Wigan to, to ensure that uh, we, we play Grimsby in the next round. Um, if we get through, do you see that as a good tie, a good possibility, Andy, to, to get through to the fifth round again? I think so. I think, you know, you. it's funny, I, I'm sort of sat here with my, my lad who's, you know, um, eleven years old or twelve years old, sorry, and and I'm sort of I think hoping for a sort of Liverpool or Everton away because it's literally at the top of my road. And but he's he's a bit more sensible than me and was sort of asking for a for a conference or a, or a national league or a League Two club, and he was buzzing when they came out. So yeah, I think you know as long as somewhere on the run, I suppose you you get one of the big boys um, as everybody wants to always get at some stage. Um, the, the obviously obviously the flip of that is that. You know, banana skins and FA Cup as it is, and you know we've seen it this year. Um, you know, there's a potential to to slip up in some of these games and take them take them lightly. So, but I think a home draw against a 
You know, a Grimsby is something that we can't grumble with. We've obviously got to get past Wigan and it's going to be tough. Um, very tough, as you said. You know, they, they came and defended well and um, and were tough to break down and, and teams are giving us a bit more respect nowadays. And, you know, we should take that as a as a positive because of the performances we put in and the reputation we're building um, at this level. But, um, it'll, it, you know, it'll be difficult. But, um, you know, I'd like to think we've got the quality and the ability to get through the, the Wigan replay. Um, and then, again, you know, Grimsby will come, if they come to Kenilworth Road, it'll be their cup final for the season and it'll be, you know, they'll have nothing to lose and all the, all the, cliche, you know, all the old cliches, the pressure will be on up and everything. But, you know, we've got to look at ourselves as... As a, as a as a team and a club that's uh, that's good enough to get through that tie, and then you know fifth round of the FA Cup, um, you know it's a, you know you then look at the quarter final, and then you know as as Luton Town fans know, um, you know we've we've got to to quarters and semi finals before in our uh, in our not that too distant history. So uh, who knows? Be an interesting one to look out for. We'll go on to the January transfer window, and and as we mentioned at the top of the show, there hasn't been too much in terms of rumours, in terms of general activity. Um, also, in the hope of not trying to step on, on Jamie's toes after he probably done a lot of this last week, I, I guess. The first fresh headline that, that we've seen is Fulham considering James Bree. They are after Arsenal Cedric, but if they are unable to, to pave a way to his signature, then James Bree, Danny McNamara of Millwall and Max Ahrens of Norwich are all on a list of candidates. And I guess the first question to ask here, Jamie, is is how big of a blow do you think it would be if we were to lose Bree and, and particularly if we were to lose Bree late on in the window? Um, yeah, obviously in, in the immediate term, massive because he's, he's one of our key players um, and has been for some time now. Um so obviously, if he, if he was lost on deadline day and we hadn't replaced him, then yeah, it'd be, it'd be a, a big loss, and you'd probably wipe off our playoff chances in terms of squad depth on that side because there's not really anyone else. You probably play Doughty there, sort of, for, for the next six months. Um, so yeah, there's no getting away from it. But I think if you look at the bigger picture, I'm probably a bit more level-headed in terms of I've, I've said for some time we we need to go on that that path now in terms of buying, developing, selling, and. I'm not sure we, we've done that enough yet. So if we can get a decent fee for James Bree and then reinvest, then, then so be it. Um, I think, obviously, I, I, I'd like to, to sort of hear Andy's thoughts on this, but is James Bree an Edwards fullback? I'd, maybe not. I think if you look at Alfie Doughty, he, he definitely is an Edwards-type fullback. And I think at, at Forest Green, he had sort of two flying wing-backs on both sides. So, so maybe it's a chance to manoeuvre the squad in, in a direction that, that Edward sees fit. Um, so so that would be interesting to, to see the direction that we go if, if we did lose Bree. What sort of wing-back would he bring in? Um, but yeah, I guess it's one of those things where I think that there's a lot more to, a, a, lot, a lot more to go in the window. I'm sure we have our, our shortlist for replacements if if that does happen. Um, but yeah, he, I'm not I'm not even sure he's, he's Fulham's first choice. He's Fulham's first choice, right? So let's wait and see. And just looking at it, Andy, James Bree this season, ranking in at second of all championship players when it comes to big chances created. Um, obviously versatile because he can step into that, that right-sided centre-back role, can play right wing-back, no problem. And if there was an opportunity to go back into to a solid four, we know that he can operate as a right-back. 
Um, there's a lot of reasons why why Luton fans like James Bree. Um, of course, it hasn't always been that way, but but ultimately, would you see it? Would you see it as a big blow, especially you know in the, in this month where you don't have as much time to to react to these kind of uh, situations? Yeah, I think if he goes in this window, I think it's a big blow. You know, um, as Jamie's just said, I think it would be. I think he's a really important player for us. I think he, you know, he takes a lot of uh, the set pieces, which is which is I don't think we can underestimate. And he's got real quality from dead ball situations, not only from corners and sort of wide free kicks, but we're, obviously we've seen him. Um, we've seen him score um, some really good good free kicks in the past. So yeah, I think I, I think in this window, I think it would be. It would be damaging, obviously. Again, as Jamie said, you know, Dowerty is probably the person who has filled in for him when he's had to play right side of centre back. And, you know, we talk about that balance. You know, I think it, people look at sort of left footers going play on the right a lot different to they see right footers play on the left. You know, we know James Justin played on the left a lot uh, before he got his move to, to Leicester. So it can work and it does work, but I, I, I'm quite, I like that balance and I like a left foot on the right and especially wing backs because I think it, it's important, but I, I do think this window would be a blow. I, you know, I, I hope Fulham are watching him against Wigan because I thought that was probably his worst game for a long time. Um, but I do think he's he's a good player. Is he ready for the Premier League? I'm not so sure. I think consistently, maybe quite not. Has he got the potential to be a Premier League player? Yes, definitely. Um, I think he's got the tools needed uh, for it. Um, and I think he'll, you know, as, as we talk about the model, you know, we, we you know, signing from a, you know, take him from a club that perhaps he wouldn't have broken through, develop him, and then sell him on. Yes, that works, etc., etc. But you know, uh, I, I'd, I think I'd be a little bit surprised if Fulham took in this window, just because I think they, they there's still question marks over him uh, consistently and um, and doing it at that that Premier League level, especially with the, with how well Fulham are doing at the minute. But um, you know, I, I'd, I'd again like Harry Cornock. I think he's somebody who, who we could. You know, I think we we need to try and do what we can to hold on to. Uh, this window is different, obviously, because he's playing week in, week out. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be keen to try and keep hold of him. I think if you say to him, you know, as a young lad, you say to him, look, have another four or five months with us, you know, finish the season, get another, another 20, 25 championship games under your belt, um, you know, potentially another playoff season, potentially another top 10 finish in the championship for your CV, etc., etc., and then. See what it lies. But from a player's point of view, if Fulham come knocking on the door, Premier League club is really difficult to say no to. So it's an interesting one, um, but, uh, you know, time will tell. I think what we can't underestimate is, is consistency. I mean, in terms of the, the, the load that he's taken on the last 18 months is, is crazy. I mean, he played 42 games last year. He's played 25 games so far this season. So he's sort of Mr. He's that Mr. Reliable for us. You, you, you can put your hat on him playing most games between now and end of the season, which is what we're going to need, is is that that consistent wing back, right centre back in in James Bree. Yeah, yeah, definitely most dependable player um, in in the squad when it comes to injuries. Um, yeah, as we said, I think um, going back to that Wigan game, maybe that was his little subtle way of saying that he's staying. Um, of course, it wasn't <laughs> his best performance in a Luton shirt. It's um, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully he does stay because yeah he wouldn't want to be scrounging in the transfer market with with little time left to go. We'll go on to to Elliot Anderson, um, a player that that in recent times we've been linked to in the last four windows, but but I think 
Rob Edwards downplayed rumours. If not, Ed, uh, Anderson, do you think that there's potential to add creativity in, in central positions, sort of a, another number eight slash number 10, or, or I guess a, a, another kind of versatile um, attacking midfield option? Or, or do you think we've got enough as it is and, and you know, it's about the development of the players that we've currently got? Yeah, I think it's more look after what we've got. Um, I don't, I don't doubt Anderson would improve us. I think for sure if we if we were to bring if we were to bring him in, I mean he he did wonders at Bristol Rovers, and the fact he's on a bench at a Champions League chase in Newcastle speaks volumes. Um, but it's at, at this stage is very unlikely that we're going to get him permanently. So he's just gonna he's just gonna hinder the pro, the, the progress of players we have in in the building. So. Um, yeah, no doubt. If if we got him in, then it'd be a good signing. But I think for me, it's 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 look at in that position. Maybe sort of Corley in the ten. You got Alan Campbell who plays further forward. Jordan Clark, who obviously would be we all love. Um, and I think bringing in that that extra body in there is pro- probably a little bit pointless, especially as we've not got much room left in that twenty-five man squad as well. Yeah, I think there's there's a time and a place for. For, for loan players, um, I think you know we've used the loan market certainly positively in the in the past, and and I, and I certainly think you know as I say, when when needed, um, when you stretch, when you have got injuries, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, then it certainly it's good. But I think I think when it's a, it's going to be a six month loan move or a four or five month loan move, I think we're better to develop or to continue to try and work with what we've got. I, I totally agree with Jamie and try and. Um, you know, give more game time. I think Campbell's looked better when he's got closer to to Morris at times, and and Adebayo and he's got closer. He's broken through and he makes those runs deep from 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 uh, the sort of the sort of eight position into the box. And I think we've got enough in that area. Hopefully, Woodrow stays stays fit from now to the end of the season, and and we can work with what we've got. And Andy, just looking at the squad as it is, looking at the possibilities in January what, what do you see as the priority do you see there there being much business I, I guess that the majority of fans would say looking at the central defensive options and, and just bolstering numbers and, and get someone in that's going to provide competition do you see that, that that's where the priority lies or is there any other kind of areas of the pitch that you'd look to, to perhaps add yeah I mean I think as long as we keep hold of Bree I think if we're going to bring somebody in, it probably would be a central defender. I think obviously Bradley's got his got his injury problems. Obviously, you know when we when we look at Bree and and Potts playing either side of maybe a Lockyer or a or an Osho when he did the other day, it's a little bit, you know, I know Potts Potts can and has done a lot of, of his work at centre half, but he is really a left back. Bree is a right back, so I'm you know I was I was one person who seemed to be in the minority when. Um, Naismith played centre half a lot. I, I felt that I didn't feel he was a centre half, and I felt we went along with it because he did quite well. I, I always felt he had a rick in him. I always felt he didn't really sense danger, give it, put his body on the line at times, and react to things like a proper centre half would. And I think it's a really, it really shows at times that you don't re- that that centre halves. I believe is quite a. I think you need natural sort of reactions to things and and sensing danger, emergency defending. Uh, you know, I like to call it, and I and I and I just feel at times 
Bree and, and Potts do look like fullbacks playing centre half. So Osho as well, I'm not entirely sure. I know we touched on it earlier, entirely sure his best position is centre half. I thought his passing was excellent against Wigan from deep. But can he do that perhaps where he's he's less of a, a liability, if you like, in front as as a as a number four in front of the back three, maybe? I don't know. I've always I always preferred him. I looked when I was head of recruitment at Mansfield, I we got offered him as a holding mid- midfielder from Reading and and I really liked him there. I did quite a bit of work on him and uh, and I really liked him in that position in front and breaking things out. He's athletic, he can get across, he can cover fullback positions, he can break forward when needed. So I'm not entirely sure he's a he's an out and out central defender. So I think you know, I think maybe a a, a real out and out central centre half who's a who's a a natural centre back who can maybe head it and kick it a bit more. I know Jones uh, I know um Edwards likes to play a bit more, but I think again in this division it's horses for course at the times. You need heads on sticks if you like at times. Somebody's the ball's going to come in the box and they're going to go and head it. They're going to be really aggressive with it because I think we've got you know Lock here who's a, you know who can play a little bit, but certainly Burke who can play out from the back and and obviously Potts can. But maybe that little bit more of aggression is what I'm saying. That little bit more of, of a of a leader and a real you know, aggressive central defender. If there's one out there, it's difficult in the January window and they're not, you know, uh, good players aren't aren't always available and they're difficult to come by in this window. So I think if if we could, I'd like to maybe strengthen in, 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 in centre-back. But um, we're in a good place at the minute, I think, in terms of our squad. And I think they've got to be right. Whoever comes in has to be right, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, because there's obviously a really good, uh, mentality around the squad, a really good harmony around the squad, and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to disrupt that for the sake of bringing in another body um, when we're, when, you know, when we're doing okay. Yeah, Richie. So there's been that argument about, you know, if it's a 23 man squad and um, that's 25 man squad, sorry, and and we've we've got 23 players, um, why not just add? But it's that point there that you make that that you don't just add to to fill a squad. You add the right players. You add the right. Uh, mentality to the squad I think sometimes that that gun goes a little bit unnoticed and it's a little bit undervalued going on now to West Brom um, a team banging form at the moment 24 points in 10 games under Carlos Corbran they've kept four clean sheets in the last five seven in the last nine I guess that all points towards Jamie a tough test yeah, massive. Um, probably for me, one of the biggest of the season in terms of at, at the point in time. Because um, obviously currently we're what a point ahead, game in hand. But if we were to win this, it, it really does set, set our stall out sort of for the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, huge game. Side out, Kenny. So really looking forward to it in terms of in terms of West Brom. Um, I look, looked at their lineup for the last league game and, and they've just got a raft of formerly non-West Brom players who've scored against us, right? You've got John Smith, you've got Jed Wallace, you've got Dale DK. So, um, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's going to be an, an, an interesting game. Um, lost Thomas Asante to suspension, which is obviously a, mass, a, a massive boost for us, but then they can just put in Dale DK. So that shows the strength they've got in depth. And then Carlos Corbran, obviously memories of last season. Um, it, it, every game against Huddersfield that we played was a tough one. Um, so yeah, really, really difficult game, um, and one that we're going to have to be at, at our, our maximum to, to get three points from. And Andy, looking at West Brom, um, they're a team, of course, just mentioned there, very, very resilient at the moment defensively. 
um, a team, uh, particularly a back line that, that's vastly experienced. How do Luton go about it in terms of their front line? Is it the, the Morris and Adebayo uh, pairing if both are available? Do they go out and bully them? Will Cornick's pace be, be something that, that could be looked into in terms of a start? How do you see um, Edwards going about this one? Yeah, I think we've got to we've got to concentrate on ourselves and make sure that we're at the you know we're we're at our fullest and at our best. Um, I think probably that physicality. I think I've seen games where Elijah Adebayo has just scared teams in the first minute just with his physicality. Ball's gone up. It's gone back to it's gone back to Horvath, for example. He's gone forward and. Adebayo's gone off for the header and straight away he wins the header and you straight away you think you know that little bit of fear goes into the goes into the, the the opposition defenders and and I think when he's at it we know when he's at it he's he's top drawer at this level uh, we know Morris has come in and been phenomenal I think he's been when I've seen him you know I've seen him obviously three or four times this season absolutely dominate games not just dominate his area to pit dominate games and um, so I think in the two of them. You need them. You need them flying. You need them at the top of their game. And I think if they're at the top of their game, they're two players who can, whether we're playing a Norwich or a West Brom or whoever we're playing in this division, I think they can they can panic and worry and um, and dominate anybody any any back four. So I think you know as long as you know I'm not sure how fit he is Adebayo, um, but you know he got 45 minutes against Wigan and and you hope that he's. You know, you know he's going to be he's going to be at it, but um, you know Harry Corner off the bench is a really good option. You know nobody wants to see having gone against the physical presence, the this and the pace and the strength and the the agility of those two centre forwards, and then all of a sudden you've got a real runner coming in behind. You know it's, um, but again they're good options. Um, so I would, you know, I would say you know Rob Edwards sees him every day. I would say if 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 them two are looking, obviously Morris I think is a no brainer, but if Adebayo. He's looking fit and sharp and, and, and at it in training, I'd say put them two out and give them give us a real focal point at the top end of the pitch. Give us an opportunity to to get hold of the ball. I think that's the important thing, to allow us our midfielders to join, to allow Campbell to get beyond our strikers and get into the box. We need to get hold of it at the top end of the pitch. And I think obviously that's not one of Harry's strengths. I think obviously Harry's strengths is probably it well, he's, he's certainly running in behind and stretching us. So if we're able to to get hold of that ball a little bit, and then once it opens up, maybe Harry come into it and and give him a, a problem to to solve in a different way. Then we'll see. But again, you know, Rob Edwards sees him every day, and uh, you know he hasn't got much wrong in the last three or four games. So um, I'm sure he'll he'll make the right decision for this one. But it, you know, again, the fans have got a massive part to play. You know, them coming, they're they're coming to the you know Kennel Road on on a massive bounce, new manager, etc., etc. You know, we need to make it somewhere that. You know, we know clubs hate coming to us. We know teams hate coming to us. So we have to make it as, as hostile and as horrible as we possibly can from the stands and um, and hope the boys, uh, you know, do the do the stuff on the pitch as well. Yeah, as you say, let's hope we can bolster that home record. Of course, it's not as good as our away record for the first time in forever, it seems. It's um, it's rather strange seeing seeing us pick up more points on the road. Jamie, I'll come to you with this one. Some of our best performances this year of, of I'd say not this year, this season, have been when we've been playing some of the top teams. You think of Sheffield United at home, where, where we really should have come away with all three points. When we went away to Burnley and then put in a real solid display. And of course, both QPR 
um, performances and uh, results were, were perfect near enough. Does that give you confidence going into this one that, you know, when we come up against the best teams, we, we do raise our game, we do bring our A game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think West Brom will certainly come come to us with, with the aim of getting all three points. And that's not to say that in previous games at home, the teams that, that have sort of sat back haven't come with that same intention. But I think West Brom certainly are targeting the three points because they want to get, get, get the top six and and to, to sort of come to us and, and get a point may not be good enough in, in the long run. So, yeah, and that, that, like, like Annie says, that, 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 may, that may, may open up some spaces for, for us. So for, for Campbell early on, for Cornick late on. Um, yeah, I, I think the players themselves as well, I think there's a lot less pressure in, in those sort of games. I, 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 I don't know if it's just me. I think now with season in particular, sort of when it is a Wigan, let's say, we sort of almost expect to win now. And okay, as good as that is, I think that applies an element of pressure onto the players. Whereas when when Burnley and Norwich come to town, it's like, come on then, let's really go at them and we sort of have a bit more freedom. Um, and I think that that would that, be the same for West Brom at the weekend. So so, so, so hopefully then the, the performance matches. And we'll finish today's episode off with a quick score prediction. Andy, I'll, uh, I'll give you the, the joy of going first. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 town. Nice and positive, do like that. Jamie? For once, I was going to go a bit more pessimistic and go 1-1, I think. That's, that's a strange turn of events there. <laughs> I'm also going to go with a draw. Um, I'm going to go two all. Um, I think there will be goals. There are some very, very good strikers playing in this game. Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be a fair few goals. Two all. Um, a decent point against very, very good opposition at the moment. But, yeah, something that I'm sure Luton fans would take. Well, that is it for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for joining. And as we've mentioned, our second weekly show is close to coming out. So um, keep your eyes peeled. Andy will be a big part of that as, as that comes to fruition. Um, that leaves us to run through the socials. Of course, we are at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter. We are Oak Road Hatter Pod on Instagram. And please check out our website at www.oakroadhatter.com. But for now, it is goodbye from us. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.